Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Uh, yeah, first show of January. Really, not really. Officially, unofficially. <laughs> yeah, technically not. Yeah, it's me, Chris, and of course, we have uh, Jimmy. Hey, hey, what's up? And of course, we have our new co-host on the show, Kamala. Kamala, she's here hanging out with us, literally and <laughs> figuratively, I guess. Nice. What's going on up there, Kamala? Yeah. Her shirt says, go get them, girl. <laughs> She's getting as much work done from up Mich there. She from Mich does. I never noticed that before. It says, go get them, girl, Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> love it. Love it. We love we love her. That's why we, we want to run our show every week. <laughs> um, man, I got sick as hell this week. Going around. <coughs> there it is. It's going around. Um, yeah. yeah, just a straight. Just a straight cold, but yeah. um, whew, for about a 24-hour period, man. Well, we've had these up-and-down temperatures, and you know what? That's what always gets me. Is yeah. When it gets really cold and then warms up like it does now. And mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. we were we went out uh, on Saturday. We uh, forged up through the snow all the way um, to Hershey to go watch the Bears game. Yeah, yeah you went out on Sunday. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, messy, gross out there. But, yeah. I mean, but, and it's interesting, you know, we don't get a ton of snow here in, in Frederick. We, we haven't lately. Yeah. We haven't in six or seven years, probably. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, I mean, we've lived, I think we've lived in this house for five years, six years, and we haven't really had, we had one, one year where we got a couple inches, mm -hmm. um, but, but nothing significant. And a couple years before that, we got like 14 inches, I think 14 or 15 inches uh in like a 24 or 48 yeah occasionally period. it'll but, just crush us but um but we don't yeah. we don't normally and i know i know some of the some of my some of our followers who listen that are from uh like the upstate new york region they're going shut up because <laughs> they're just getting they get blistered every like 18 an 18 inch snowfall season for that uh you know 18 inches would be like our two inches yeah for a whole yeah. for a whole winter yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, they're accustomed to it, though. That's what you yeah, know. Yeah. I hear a lot of people, a lot of people begging for some snow, and you know, for some reason, I'm maybe that grumpy, grumpy old man. But I, <laughs> I, if I don't get snow again this year, I'm just fine. Yeah, I'm I'm perfectly fine. I'll with go what we've visit gotten. snow somewhere. We can yeah. go. We can go uh, up on the mountain or something. Yep. And... If I want it that bad, I know where to find it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I actually was supposed to be in New York this week. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, my daughter had my second grandson. Yeah, I guess we haven't talked about that officially. So no. congratulations! He had a he. She had an insurrection baby, January sixth. Squeezed it in just Sque in time. Just in time. It was eleven fifty six or eleven fifty eight. One of the two. I think I remember you saying eleven fifty eight. Yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, so insurrection baby. He made it. He'll he'll. We'll never forget <laughs> his birthday. Yeah, that's right. You know, because we'll start getting we'll start getting warnings about. Uh, well, it depends on if it's an election year, but we'll, <laughs> coming starting in like November, December time frame, we'll start hearing all about January sixth, and that'll. Yeah, that one's not as probably not as bad. I mean, I always feel bad for people that were born on September eleventh. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's like that kind of ruined your birthday. Yeah, it's hard to celebrate, right? Yeah, but. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, probably next, if not next weekend, the weekend after, we'll be headed up there to to see the bebe. Yeah, that's and, exciting. Yeah, do all that little good guy. Stuff. Yeah, 
So anyway, anyway, uh, man, I don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you, with the amount of shit <laughs> that's been happening. That's been fun, right? Uh, I mean, it has been fun. We, you know, there's obviously every time something blows up, it's, it's great content for us. Uh, I'm not sure that it's necessarily great content for one party over another party or, or, you know, one political figure over another political figure. You got, uh, you know, the biggest news obviously was uh, Hunter showing up at his, at, at a congressional hearing for his contempt of Congress hearing. Uh, and it's funny. I mean, what, what's funny is, is how the left is trying to, yeah, initially, they're not anymore because it's they've completely abandoned because it, it was such a flop. Uh, but initially it was, well, he showed up. He was there ready to talk. You know, you can't say he was in defiance of your subpoena because he was in to talk. Well, yeah, you know, that's great. And then they said, well, you know, the chairman said that he, he had his choice. He could either do a deposition or he could do a hearing. You know, he's here for the hearing. He can do well, yeah, that's great. That's great. That's what the chairman said. What the what the, what did the subpoena say? Because the subpoena is the official mm-hmm. legal piece of paper. What did it what did it say? It said closed deposition. Yeah. And that's what you defied. So showing up at a hearing uh to you know try to act like you wanted to actually speak, which he won't. Yeah, and and we'll get to it in a minute, but uh he will not testify. Uh, and I, I honestly, as much as I want him to legally, his lawyer is smart to not, or to try to push this off or try to, because anything that he says in, in this deposition, uh, can be used against him any everywhere else. And he's already facing, I think he just had his tr or his, uh, court, uh, hearing out in California for the other charges, uh, three felonies and six misdemeanors or whatever it is. Um, so I, if I was Abby Lowell, that's his attorney, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let him do it either. I mean, I would do everything I could to, to prevent him from having to go and, and testify be, or, you know, be deposed. Um, and that's the other thing, you know, there's a reason that they don't want a deposition as opposed to a hearing. Mm-hmm. So during a hearing, one, it's public two, each, Congressman only gets five minutes to ask questions, so you can st- you can stonewall five minutes easily, and half the time goes to Democrats who you know aren't going to ask him anything of substance anyway. So you're going to have a four a four hour hearing, you know, five minutes each, and you're going to learn nothing. Yeah. Whereas a deposition, one, it's not done by the congressman; it's done by the staff attorneys. Uh, they know this case inside and out, they know what questions to ask. And I think the depositions of the January 6th people, I think there's, they, I, I want to say the number was like, the average deposition was like nine and a half hours. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, cause there's no time, there's no limitation to the questions you can ask in the deposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congress, because of their rules, their committee rules and all that they're they're limited on the amount of time that they have and they're limited at the amount of time they can give each congressman because you know think about how big some of these uh 
committees are. Yeah. I mean, you have to allow time for everybody to have equal time to ask questions. You don't have that in a deposition. A deposition, they can ask 200 hours worth of questions if they want. Um, and you're legally bound to be there. Whereas this, you're legally bound to be at a hearing as well, but your your ability to stonewall answers to questions much more significant. Yeah, um, I'm glad you're following along with that a little bit more closely than I am. I, I I'm I'm kind of tired of all yeah. of it, but it is important. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you say is maybe the the best takeaway? Because I, you know, personally, I think a lot of people agree that Hunter Biden's an idiot and yeah. has done a lot of illegal stuff or whatever, but I'm only concerned about his ties with Joe Biden. Right. And, and that's the nexus. Yeah. That's the nexus of Hunter Biden. And, you know, and everyone, and you know, of course this is another, uh, you know, another tactic that the Democrats are using. It's like, he's a private citizen. Well, okay. He is, but he has information and knowledge uh, and and experience because it went through him. These bank accounts flow through him, uh, directly linked to the president of the United States. So obviously, the president of the United States is not not going to, nor I don't believe, is bound to actually come and testify in Congress. I think they they have uh, yeah, uh, presidential immunity mm -hmm. from doing that. Um, so you're, you're not going to get, so you have to use the people that have the knowledge. Now they do have some, they have Archer, who is Hunter's, uh, former business partner. Who's the one who's kind of come in and said, yeah, Hunter used to call his dad all the time while we were in business meetings, put him on speaker and, uh, you know, and, and all that. And, you know, is that a smoking gun? No, but the information that they're going to ask about these bank accounts, okay, this X amount of money came into this bank account from this company on this day. And then within 24 hours, X amount of that money exited to another bank account. Where did it go? Who's going to have that answer? Well, the person who owns the bank account mm -hmm. and the person who owns the bank account is Hunter Biden. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I just, I feel like it's all going to get watered down and convoluted enough that nothing is really going to come of it. And, and even, cause even if it does in, plain logic point to Joe Biden being corrupt and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, being involved in all these shady business transactions and mm -hmm. obviously having ties and connections to our, to our enemies. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be clear enough for the general public to have, to make a difference. And that's what I'm worried about. They were, I, I need somebody to get in there and, and kind of like pulling a few good men to move <laughs> on them and get them to just, you don't have out and admit <laughs> You, you don't know. want the truth. <laughs> and he's yeah. just going to throw out there and be like, yeah, my dad is evil. He did work with China. He gave me the money. Yeah. He set up my job yeah. with Ukraine. You know. Well, and, and here's the, <laughs> here, well, here, here's another issue to consider why. Um, so, you know, they talk about Trump's uh, the scheduling of his court cases, right? Strategic that they've kind of been strategically staggered to encompass the entire election year so that, you know, it hurts him, hurts his ability to campaign, you know, it hurts a lot of these things. Well, they have a serious consideration on Hunter too, because they need Hunter's federal case, which I believe they scheduled for June. 
out in California, the one he just had the thing on. I think they scheduled the actual trial to start in June. Well, they want that to be done before November. Yeah. Why? Why would it be important for that to be done before November? Not because of the, well, because of the election, but not because of probably what you think. They want Joe to be able, if Joe gets reelected, two things. One, uh, if he doesn't get reelected, he needs to be able to pardon his son before mm, the mean, election yeah. to make sure it happens. Because if he doesn't win the election, he's lost that ability. And Hunter goes to jail if jail. Well, is. he can do that all the way through January. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that's why, but you think about these cases and how long these cases normally drag out. Yeah. You're talking, if it starts in June, it could be freaking March of next year before it's even done Absolutely. with motions and, and everything else that lawyers like to do, uh, to get it. So, so it would be, it'll be interesting to me to see how, how much they expedite mm -hmm. his case as opposed to how much they drag Trump's cases along, which it, actually is a bad thing for them because the polls show that if trump is convicted prior to the election um he loses a significant amount of followership because of the conviction oh yeah whereas if this thing drags out which this march 4th one there's no way it's starting march 4th it's going to get pushed out um so what does that mean? That means it's probably not going to be over with before the election, yeah. um, which is better for Trump because yeah. he doesn't have that conviction. Yeah, but that because that's the plain point that that the public will see. Well, and, and even if people, because I think there's plenty of people that are, that will be excited and be like, "Yeah, this mm -hmm. is that will flip them because <laughs> they recognize that this is a political hijab, absolutely, um, and want to do, and it doesn't matter." who's going against Trump. They right. just want to buck the system and say, you know, this needs to change. This is not acceptable. Yeah. We need to move forward. Um, and interestingly, you know, Trump has acknowledged that he doesn't intend on basically coming in there and getting retribution. He doesn't even plan on, you know, getting revenge on everybody. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and criminally, um, well, his retribution, people. his retro, his retribution, I think a lot like Vivek Ramaswamy's, if he was, you know, if for some reason he became the nominee and got elected, um, I, I think retribution to them means something very different. It's not going after a specific person, but it is certainly gutting these agencies yeah. that that would be their, their, their retribution would be cleaning out. Mm -hmm of the FBI yeah, and cleaning I, out of the DOJ. I wholeheartedly agree. I, all these committees and yeah. investigations that the Democrats have done, you know, all during Trump's, uh, even during yeah Trump's administration, mm -hmm. um, it was just, it's just a waste of American tax dollars. Now, I mean, you, I understand you want to get to the bottom of certain things. I get it. But for the most part, it's just, it's just clapping back against each other, spending all kinds of money, wasting time and in investigative, you know, resources to just get nowhere. And it's just to, you know, really just try to make <coughs> look better than, right. than the opponent. And well, it's all, it's all political theater. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is like, and this is what I tell people all the time. You have to be able to separate the poli the political theater from the actuality. 
Like when you're talking about a court case, that's actuality. Like, you know, that's a real thing. Political theater is just that it's to get your, you know, two minute snippet or your 15 second snippet out there in the news cycle um, to, you know, to take the first five words of a total sentence and use that to, to, to go after somebody that's political theater that these hearings, these five minutes that these, these folks get, you know, we saw with the Hunter, when Hunter Biden was in there, uh, you know, Nancy Mace, who, uh, uh, I'm a, I'm a fan, not a fan of Nancy Mace. I mean, I like some things she does. I don't like other things she does, but you know, she used her five minutes basically just to sit there and berate him mm-hmm. while he was sitting right there in the front. Yeah. Uh, and the fun thing, and he sat there and took hers. But as soon as Marjorie Taylor Greene started taking, he got up and walked out. Yeah. Well, and you know, of course, she was showing all of his pictures that he had, <laughs> <laughs> he had out on the internet. Um, well, I get frustrated. All these, all these moves that are being made, mm-hmm. they all seem to be for the purpose of winning votes in the future. Yes, and, you know, especially the Democrats. Like it's, it's not about actually helping the American people. Right. Getting getting our systems cleaned up, mm-hmm. right? even all this stuff, just like debt forgiveness for, from the Democrats. They're not they're not actually doing it to support people. And honestly, all well, these and it never happens. Right, That's it doesn't thing. happen. Yeah. It it hinges on people that are having that have been paying on these loans for right. ten to twenty five years. Well, did you? Minimum. Yeah, did you read? So you're talking about the college loan forgiveness. Yes. Yeah. So in order to even qualify for that, like you were just saying. Mm-hmm. You have to have been paying on your loans already for like 20, 20 plus years. I don't know if it's 20 or 25. Well, that's for the, I actually just went through this with my daughter. Um, the uh, income deferred repayment, something to that effect, IDR. That's what I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it stands for. I forget now. But yeah, that's basically if you if you have low income and you're, you if you want to reduce how much you've been paying, uh, or you, how much you pay on your student loans. But yes, you have to be paying for 20 right. to 25 years. Or if you've uh, been working in the public, uh, in the federal government or nonprofit organization, to that effect, public sector, I guess, in that sense, then you, if you've been paying for 10 years mm-hmm. and you made 120 qualified payments during that time right. that you've provided that public service, mm-hmm. then you also qualify right but that's a very limited pool it is exactly i mean that's not that's kind of the point that's not a it, but it sounds good because but they don't put like, but that's not what gets yeah. put out there it right. gets put out oh joe biden you know authorized you know debt uh debt payment whatever yeah. help uh and they leave out the fact that i think they i think that only like 10 percent. i think that was the number it's like 10 percent of people who have college that even qualify for it. Well, and, and it, it calls into question whether or not those are the people that actually need, need that it. Relief yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, or, you know, deserve it. I should yeah. say, because yeah. I think a lot of that comes down to deserving, yeah. you know, the people that made better choices. Well, it's, um, it's pandering. Yeah. I mean, what it boils down to is it's political pandering. Oh, we did this. We got this student loan debt and everybody who's, you know, sitting there with student loan debt who makes $45,000 a year is going, uh, when did this come out? Because I haven't gotten it. But a lot of them don't think that way. A lot of them are just like, Ooh, he did it. Joe Biden did it for us. Ooh, he, we got student loan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But guess what? You're still paying 
yep. <laughs> you know, 90% of you in that population, uh, in that pool of people who are paying back student loans, you're still paying it and you're still going to have to pay it. And there's nothing, that, there's really nothing that the president of the United States can do. They could legislate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be legislated and then it would, it would certainly be challenged, but at the same time, it would have much stronger legs if there was legislation behind it than a president just trying to executive order, you know, oh, the federal, we're going to forgive all this f- federal government money, which he he's already lost in the Supreme Court on his ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it sounds good for him. But it's political pandering, yeah. And everything we're seeing with immigration, yeah. um, open borders, uh, it's again, it's all theater to absolutely to get more votes for the Democrats in, in the future elections. Absolutely, um, bring in people and saying, oh, you know, we we helped you get in this country, we, we set you up for. But immigration's not an issue. No, no, they're not. It's not like they're shutting down schools. And no, housing. it's not. It's not an issue because yeah. we don't. You know. We only had uh, 302,000 illegal immigrants come across in December. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's been in the, yeah. We, I wish people even understood the percentage of increase. Mm. You know, inf- it, it was a problem during the Trump. Well, it's been Trump a problem for, it's been a problem for 30 years. It was somewhere in the tens of thousands of people. Right. Maybe it was somewhere around, I don't know. Well, I, I'm throwing out numbers, but it was in the tens of thousands of people during the Trump administration, which was high. But illegal immigration. But that's like per month or per year. In the tens of thousands per month. Okay. I believe. And then, well, now we're. Well, in the yeah, it was of like it was like I think I I think I saw month. I think I saw something recently that said that like the month before Trump and Biden, the month before January of 21. When Biden took over, mm-hmm. uh, it was seventy-seven thousand for the year. No, 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 for the no. month. Well, either way, well, the month before. Yeah. Oh. Well, so it was like seventy-seven thousand in December of twenty, which was an increase. But they also knew Trump was on his way out. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that number—that's an increase. But yeah, I mean, even that number, yeah. take seventy-seven thousand a month, and mark that with over Quadruple. over two hundred yeah. to possibly over. December of this month, 300,000. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about populations coming across the border that are bigger than some towns and cities in this country. Yeah. <laughs> if, if Texas kept bearing the burden, um, man, I can't imagine the state of that, of, of that state because yeah, that I'm glad that they're sharing the wealth. Yeah. Well, and it's um, interesting that the governor of Illinois just came out yesterday publicly and was pleading, pleading with the governor of Texas to please stop busting them to Chicago. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it's crazy. What and I think they've only sent, and how many have they sent there? A hundred thousand? Well, it, the government is sending them, is sending them. They're not blaming the government though. Yeah. They're blam- blaming oh, yeah, the, of course. They're, they're blaming the governor of Texas. The government is facilitating Absolutely. Know, probably at least four to 10 times more <laughs> And they were doing it well before the governor yeah. of Texas started doing it. Yeah, they were absolutely. just doing it at one o'clock in the morning. And guess what? Guess what, America? They're doing it on your dime. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. something is unfathomable uh, that we allow to do this. But it's all because we have all of this government bureaucracy that's in our way and you can't see it. And we just pay the taxes and we don't know where they go. Yep. We need 
we need way more accountability. It's that's what's crazy. Well, here's another indication that you know it's getting closer to an election, a, a, a presidential election. What's, that? what's the big topic that they're starting to talk about? I just heard them start talking about it about a week ago, but I've heard it about seven times now. So the ramp up's going to start, right? Social Security is going bankrupt again. Mm. You don't hear about that for three years. Mm. You know, nobody says a word about Social Security. Now all of a sudden, we're in 2024 presidential election year. Oh my God, if we don't do something today, it's like every single election cycle. Yeah. Every election cycle for a president of the United States, this is the. It's the scare tactic, the pandering, the the same shit. But the problem is there's still a huge significant amount of people that sit there and buy the bullshit. It's like they forgot. It's like people don't have a memory past, you know, a year ago like or even six months ago. Like I know. God, I can think back to probably the late 90s when I kind of started paying attention to this crap that, you know, Every few years, you start hearing about how Social Security is going to be bankrupt. It's, mm-hmm. You're going to, oh, it's going to bankrupt Social Security. And here we go. Here we go. I saw that's one of the keys for me in an election year is always to listen to when I start hearing about Social Security. And I've last week, I started hearing about it. There it is. And now I've heard it about seven times. Uh, or I either heard about it or read it in about seven, seven different times. Uh, that the, this is now the now going to be a big issue because they can't talk about the economy, they can't talk about immigration. They try, uh, but they try, yeah, but they, they just can't. Yeah. It's a losing argument for them. Um, they can't really talk about infrastructure. Every once in a while, they'll shoot out there. Well, the president, President Biden, passed the infrastructure. Yeah, but nothing has happened. Like I think only like seven to twelve percent of anything that was in that bill is actually begun construction and they passed it what two years ago or at a minimum a year ago i think it was more than a year ago that they passed it uh and and a very low percentage of the projects the infrastructure projects that were in there have even started being done uh so they can't really talk about that i mean they can mention it but yeah he got the bill passed he had the house he had the senate he better have gotten it passed Mm -hmm. um and so i i yeah, I don't know what else they can talk about. So they have to start using these, you know, and of course, race, gender, uh, Social Security. Uh, those are going to be the main focuses well, going forward. Well, and the, that becomes such a big issue because it, the only people. Oh, and abortion. About, yeah. Can't forget oh, that. Oh, yeah, always. But the only people that the Social Security piece affects, or the people that generally care about that is the elderly. Right. People that are, the people that are close, receiving, yeah, it. receiving it or, or about to receive it. Um and and you know those voters tend to tend to skew yeah. towards a more conservative uh, viewpoint mm-hmm. um, for that for that very reason. Well, um, you know you know that you're getting you know that uh, here's what here's what I'll say. You'll know that they think they're in trouble when the push starts going back to prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. It's pre- prescription drug prices because that's always one that they pull out of their pocket. Uh, closer to the election so if you start hearing and my guess is is somewhere around september you'll start hearing about health care costs and specifically prescription drug prices because those are always in their bellywick to to throw out there when they but they use it when they think they're in trouble Mm -hmm. uh i i wonder if that's shifting at all because you know 
that's to me that's like a corporate elite type mm -hmm. position or you know issue and and guess who's now can the corporate elite everyone's advocating for um you know the the corporate elites are the warmongers yeah, and, and yeah. everything so uh, so Nikki Haley type establishment. Yeah, we can talk about Nikki Haley too if you want I to. I, I, I don't have anything to say about Nikki Haley other than she's the old. the problem with Nikki Haley, <laughs> and I don't want to spend too much time on her because yeah. uh, she's not going to win. No. Uh, I, I just I don't really know where she stands on anything because she does. Uh, and I, I don't want to use the word flip flop because that's not what I mean, but she does capitulate mm -hmm. to whoever she's speaking to. Mm. Um, so I have a problem with that. I have a problem with yeah. her because you don't, I mean, honestly, tell me where she stands on something. I, I don't know. I just don't understand what anybody sees. And I'm fascinated by this kind of the political climate on the, on the right right now, because there, I mean, maybe I don't have enough experience in this realm mm. over my lifetime to, to kind of compare the differences, but they just seem so fake. These are these politicians yep. that are just have these talking points that yep. seem so fake. The Vivek is is the only dude out there who is out there having like real genuine conversations mm. with everybody. He's not afraid of any question, can can give you a good solid answer. Whether you it's, like it or not, it's, it's an answer. Right. And it's <laughs> it's pure, it's honest. You can tell it's heartfelt. Mm. And you can tell that he's willing to be open-minded. Right. And listen, yeah, you you can you can have some question marks about Vivek. Sure. Absolutely. His lack of experience. Maybe he comes off as if he's just saying what you want to hear, um, try, trying to play to maybe what you think should happen. But but which ones don't do that? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like Okay, you have question marks. Cool. Who do you not have question marks? Who do right. you, who can you point to that says, right. you know what, this guy really That's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent right there. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. It's impossible. You're never well, and I think like the Nikki Haley's and the Chris Christie's, even though he just dropped out, um, you know, they're they're not stupid people. Mm -hmm. Um, none of them, none of these people are dumb. Um and they see that the the Democrats are the masters of the talking point, uh, and that's been successful for them. So they they do model, I think, their talking points or, or the way that they deliver talking points um, after that because it's been successful. It's been, uh, you know, now the the difference is is the Democratic Party has the mainstream media to trumpet their talking points as well. Um, but I think a Nikki Haley, um, you know, she plays victim to, to that, to that same thing where she, she's kind of taken that too much to the kind of the, the same way the Democrats do it. Like she, she, she really bends and folds kind of based on the environment she's in when she's delivering whatever speech she's delivering. So uh, they see a successful model and they want to emulate it because it's worked, but there's a line because you are not that party. You're not supposed to be that party. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's up to her. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're talking about Ron DeSantis possibly dropping out. Uh, it's possible. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but that would mean to me that he's acknowledging that she is the favorite in um, the second place favorite, mm-hmm. and he, he, maybe he wants to join forces. Well. You know, I guess I didn't even watch the the last. I didn't either with, with her. Didn't either. I only, but what I did hear is that she mentioned about thirty times Ron DeSantis lies or DeSantis yeah. lies dot com. So yeah, some garbage like that. Yeah. So you know, maybe they aren't going to join forces. But yeah. now, basically, the takeout, the takeaway, because I didn't watch it, I didn't watch it at all. Uh, the takeaway was it was basically a Nikki goes after Ron, Ron goes after Nikki. Mm-hmm. They talked about zero fucking policy. Yeah. Um, and they just stood there and blamed each other or criticized each other for the entire time. Yeah. There I was mean, really I'm no. I'm certainly at the point that I have yeah. no interest in hearing anything that they have to say. It doesn't, <laughs> it's nothing is compelling. I feel like they're, it seems just like lies mm-hmm. um, at this point. Now, I mean, I guess if, the if Ron became the front runner, the serious like this a serious yeah serious front runner behind Trump. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd be real interested to see how that goes, and you know the conversations that are had, and once real debates kick off with when Donald Trump, it would be interesting. There. It would be interesting is say DeSantis decides to drop out. Where do his votes go? Who do who do all the people because he's at like sixteen or seventeen percent. Nikki Haley right now is at like twenty one percent, I think. And you know these that are is insane. I, it is. What? These are these are polls, though. I mean, it's like it, they grabbed a whole bunch of Democrat voters. It could be. I don't understand. Yeah. It could very well be. But I wonder if people are seeing that because if they're like, "Well, I can't vote for Trump," and I, and I and I just I, they know the state of Biden mm-hmm. right now, but. Hey, we have a Democrat, basically running, basically running on, on the, the Republican ticket. We can we can screw this up. But if but if DeSantis was to was to run was to get out, I don't see those people going to Nikki Haley. I mean, I just don't because they're starkly different in you their think approach. So? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know who supports Nikki Haley. I've never met somebody that says, you know, yeah, I really like. I, I don't know. I, I can't. I, and that. all I see is a ton of people who are throwing their support behind Vivek. But his poll numbers no, do not reflect that. Yeah, at I think all. he's at what six percent. It's like very that. low. Yeah, it, it's compared crazy. to what it should be. And it's not like he's running a bad campaign. It's not like he's getting out. Like he's not getting himself out there. Yeah, uh, he really is. Um, yeah, you like certainly him. see him on more social media, more news programs, more everything than anybody else. I just don't see why. And and it only takes one morning show <laughs> that he calls into that, that somebody has never heard of this guy before. And they listen to him and like, how do you not just pick up on at least to respect the dude? Because mm-hmm. you can tell he's being honest mm-hmm. and, and genuine that he um, yeah. cares and, and at least accept it for that. You can be like, ah, oh, that's probably not my guy. But uh, man, uh, he, he's really making an honest effort rather than somebody who you can tell it's not just somebody that wants to gain political clout and, yeah. and get, you know, that's what all these politicians, I don't know. I'm just so adverse to a, a <coughs> inherent politician. Yeah. And I don't think he is. Um, that's why yeah. it drew me to Trump. 
Way well, the, the benefits for Haley are, you know, and I heard someone make this argument, you know, Trump, you know, he talks a lot of smack about her, but he also hired her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she also, and, and up until she decided to run against him, he liked her. Yeah. So, you know, she has that in her backpack and she does use that every once in a while that, you know, hey, you know, all you Trump, all you Trump people, you know, up until I ran against him, he liked me. He hired me to be his yeah. secretary, his UN secretary. So, you know, believe what you want, but he hired Fauci too, didn't he? Uh, oh. No, Fauci was already there. Fauci uh, was a government Fauci employee. Fauci was there the whole time. Oh, he was oh, a government employee. Oh, so that's why he didn't have control, right? For some reason. Right. Oh. He's not a political appointee or anything like that. Oh, that's right. Um, so, yeah. So you know, Nikki does have that in her back pocket, but uh, I just say, you know, I think Nikki Haley is one of those. You're either you're either staunchly for her or you want nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. There's like no middle. Oh, maybe no. There's no maybe with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see how it shakes out. But right now, she, uh, she's the favorite to pick. She's the favorite to win the Iowa caucus. Yeah. Um, even over Trump. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. That. That is going to be interesting to see because I know that I think we talked about it last time. I guess it didn't air, but um, how much that hinges, yeah. uh, how much that has an impact on the actual election, we'll see. Well, and I'm I, I'm actually glad you said that because I think I said that everyone who has won the Iowa caucus has gone on to be the nominee. It's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Whoever's won the Iowa caucus, I, I think has only. Oh. I think they've only become the nominee. I think they said like 7% of the time. Gotcha. So, you know, winning Iowa is not necessarily. Gotcha. <laughs> well, Vivek has certainly put a lot of stock into it. Yeah. I think he's been there for quite some time. Yeah. Um, so, man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the political shit. I don't, <laughs> don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, but I do have a funny story for you. What happened? I, I, we talked a little bit about this before. So EVs, mm. electric vehicles. Uh Interesting story. Uh, well, it, I can't really call it a story. It was a an experiment, I think, is a better word for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the guy's name was, but he's a reporter for one of the national news agencies. And he, uh, they asked him to rent an EV and do a trip that he normally does, mm-hmm. like routine. I don't say normally, routinely does, that he routinely drives. And I don't remember the distance. But he said normally it takes him about eight hours to do this trip, just driving it. He can do it in one day, does trip. So he rents an EV from Hertz, I think. Pretty okay. sure, pretty sure it was Hertz. Um, maps out this trip, starts going, uh, has to stop numerous times. Now, so here's all the things that have to go into planning. If, if you're taking a trip with an EV, first you have to map out where there's charging stations. Now, the, now the car generally does that for you, right? Like, uh, I, I think I, I think they it, probably do. I don't know if all of them do, uh, or I think it may be something either in uh, mapping software that that tells you, know, you where yes, EV stations yes, are. You know, this is my. But here's the thing: uh, if you're driving. Oh, you mean so like it, it sets the map, like you can pick no tolls. Well, exactly. on this one, you can pick yep. EV stations, accessible EV right. stations on your trip from point A to point B. Yeah. So maybe that's the case. But maybe I think, it does. Yeah. 
I think generally the car does because the car knows how long it can can go. Right. Yeah. Well, does it? Right. <laughs> because in an ideal world. Because the big takeaways. So he does this trip. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the big his big takeaways were one. I think he said it normally takes him eight hours, and it took him almost fifty. <laughs> he can normally do it in a day. He had to stop overnight. Uh, okay. Because he couldn't drive 15 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's really not safe to drive 15 hours in a day. Yeah. Um, and so he had to spend the night somewhere. When they stopped to spend the night, well, before I say that, throughout that, where he had to stop to recharge, the delays, you know, because there was other cars that are charging, all the ports weren't working, um, you know, some of them were closed. Uh, you know, it just, the delays just, added up so that added time uh then they went and they spent the night in a hotel when they pulled into the hotel their car said that they had 40 miles of a charge left so he's like cool the next charging station is like 29 30 miles away so we'll be good we'll sleep here tonight and then we'll get up and we'll drive straight to that charging station tomorrow we'll charge up and we'll be able to continue on our way well when they got up and went out to the car and turned it on the car then said they had 15 miles because <laughs> you have to take into account weather, temperature, all these things play have an effect on the battery yep. overnight. And if it's not hooked to a charging station overnight, because yep. uh, you're parked at a hotel that doesn't have any, uh, you know, these are the things that you run into. So they had to figure out if there was anything closer, <laughs> not to mention you have to stop more frequently because you only get a certain amount of distance and that was the other thing too he said normally when the car said you have 220 miles left even when they were driving it they would only get about 170. Mm. so you're still losing what 50 miles per charge as opposed to what the car is telling you initially Um, and that could have to do with speed you're driving Mm. you know and other things i don't know but that's Again, that's not what the car is telling you. The car is telling you you have 220 miles left on this charge. And then three quarters of the way through your thing, it's like, oh, you only have like 15 miles. Yeah, I'd be curious what type of vehicle that was. Um, I've definitely heard better stories than that. Mm. I do know some people that have um, had very good success with their EV, Mm -hmm. even making long drives. Um, but obviously that could be benefited by good conditions, not traveling when it's crazy busy or very cold. Stop and go traffic, you know, all these things. Yeah. Um, but I also know. Well, and it also, it also, it also has to do with your willingness to accept the fact that these things are going to inhibit your trip. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're the type of person that's like, man, I don't really give a shit. You know, if it takes me an extra, you know, two hours, I don't care you're going to say that the trip was fine because in your head, you didn't care. Yeah. Somebody who cares and somebody who says, Hey, this is an eight hour trip. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what? Here, well, uh, so, you know, if, if somebody has a mentality of this is an eight hour trip, I expect that regardless of what vehicle I'm taking, I should be able to make it in the same amount of time. Yeah. And it's going to be a problem. So, yeah, it's personality too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the goal generally is to make it very comparable to what you would do with an elect- with a, right. a non-electric vehicle. Um, 
and I think generally they've achieved that. I, I think these scenarios are less common, but certainly possible. And and because you have to consider how much of it is a lack of infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, maybe improved improved yeah. um, technology mm-hmm. that will allow for charging times that are very close to refilling your your gas tank mm-hmm. or similar. Um, or maybe there's a balance. Well, yes, it takes a little bit longer to do this, but it's faster to do that. Well, here's the thing. And I'll just say this. I'll just use my car as an example. When I fill my car up, I get 546 miles to, to a tank. And I think, yeah, yeah, but that's a rare, rare. I mean, I get an excessive amount of mileage. So if I was to go buy an EV, I would lose potentially 200 200 plus miles Mm -hmm. for a stop. I would have to stop 200 miles sooner than I ever would with my car. That could potentially be an hour. It could be shorter than that, but it could be longer than that too. Yeah. Uh, based on availability and. But I think a lot of people, and when you're talking about an average car versus an average EV, I think the the mileage per tank is about the same. I think you you invested a little bit more in a higher end car that yeah. will uh, get you a lot further. Yeah. Um, so I think they're m- much more similar. But so with the improvements of technology and uh, re, uh, I don't even know, recharging stations, mm-hmm. um, would that get the get it a lot closer to a normal thing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then that's going to be a huge problem. It, is it susceptible to mm-hmm. uh, widespread outages or? or um, well, think about California. The, right. Exactly. California that's has rolling. They have rolling blackouts. Yeah. Like okay, you're you know, 270 miles into your trip, you have, you know, what I think the average is like 320 or something like that with an, with an EV is what this, what this, you know, quote unquote average charging distance is on most of them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you roll, you, you have an expectation that you're going to hit this charge, but all of a sudden you're in a rolling blackout area. What are you going to do? Or just, you know, <laughs> Obviously, any any real impact to the grid yeah. um, is is going to be a huge major impact to everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, they already experienced those issues with barely any, relatively any electric um, yeah. demand on the grid yep. comparatively to when you're trying to force this to be 100% across the board and, and increase this. That's just not sustainable. It's not realistic. Yeah. yeah. Which is a problem. Well, and well, so anyway, back to that story, just to, to tie it up a little bit. Uh, Hertz, I'm pretty sure it was Hertz that you rented it from. Um, based on that story published, is getting rid of its entire EV fleet. Because they're like, yeah, we can't. I mean, so, you know, for a company to, and of course that goes right into the face of Biden's, you know, mm-hmm. EV mandates, mandates that, yeah. that all, you know, by 2035, 90% of the cars on the road have to be EV, which That's, is absolutely impossible. It, and it's so stupid because it makes zero sense. That's not the job of our government. Yeah. The, you you do not mandate anything like that. Yeah. You let the market do what the market right. does and ensure. And the problem is, is the market is not flowing and not stemming the way that they are portraying it 
towards EVs. If it was a it's good just not. quality technology, the market would would uh, yeah. benefit and uh, the market would dictate that. Yep. Um, I think Elon Musk is great. I think I support what he does and the efforts that he makes to improve things like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he he wouldn't be an advocate for mandating. No, he's not an advocate for it. So he's totally against it. Yeah. Well, and it's just it's the manufacturing part of it that is their biggest hurdle that we don't have the the technology. First of all, 90, I think 90 percent of the minerals required to build the batteries come out of China. So you're funneling money to China for the minerals. Second, we don't make these batteries in the United States. Okay. So again, that money is going overseas. You're not supporting U.S.-based businesses in that regard. You're restricting the mining of these minerals in the United States. So you're not allowing for, again, the United States to... So this is everything that you're doing... It's pushing all this money and all this business <coughs> out of the country and to our enemies, by the way, to China predominantly, because they own all the cobalt uh, mining in Africa. They own all the cobalt mining in China. They own it all. And so in order to get all the cobalt and all the min- all the minerals that you need to build these batteries is not U.S. It's, the money's not going to the U.S. Um, and so you're mandating something that. And then, you know, they always say, oh, we're pro-business. You're not, because by this alone, by this alone, you are absolutely going to destroy the manufacturing business in America. Yeah, it's going to cripple. <laughs> sure. um, and I'm fine with that in, in a little bit um, as a temporary solution as part of the pathway. If the goal is to bring, you know, once we are able to develop as part of the development process, we have to outsource certain things to, mm-hmm. but if the goal is to bring it back here to right. create a pathway for manufacturing in the United States and improve our ability to actually, you know, exporting and, and, and get revenue from our production. Yeah. I think that would, that would make sense. Right. Um, it doesn't sound like that. But that's not, yeah. And that's, that's kind of my point is not only are you mandating something that right now is required for us to purchase to create to be created outside the country, you're also stymieing mm-hmm. our ability to actually mine and create those things within the country. So it's a it, you're doing double damage right off the bat because you're funding them and not allowing us mm-hmm. to do what we could do. Uh, I, there was a congressional hearing not too long ago where the congressman was was asked, you know, why did you stop? Or why are you? Why is the administration shutting down uh, cobalt? Cobalt and there was an, there's another mineral, and I can't remember what it is. Mining in I think Oklahoma, they're like two biggest two biggest cobalt mines in the country, and you've shut them down, or you're you're mandating a decrease uh, of their mining in those areas, uh, but yet you're saying that you want energy independence and you want yeah. no, and, and, and you're 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 not your your policies are not matching up with what the words that are coming out of well, your well that's mouth. because it's all hypocrisy anyway we we addressed why that isn't uh, earlier this is nothing yeah. but political theater yep. they're pandering to people to because they're afraid of 
dangerous fossil fuels. Yeah. Oh, fossil fuels are yeah. not going to be, or you know, are not sustainable. Yeah. So let's go electric. Eh? Electric is green. Let's go green. Well, guess what? If you actually cared about the American people, if you actually cared about our economy, and you cared about energy independence, you would look at nuclear. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that the same people that are that are bitching about fossil fuels are also anti-nuclear. Absolutely. So it doesn't make any goddamn sense because nuclear is the cleanest energy you can produce. Yeah. It's the cleanest. There is no, there's no argument about the, the cleanliness the of nuclear energy. Yeah. The efficiency of it <laughs> and, and, and actually relative safety. Yeah. Um, now when something happens, worth- it's on a bigger scale because it is nuclear. But again, yeah, that does that the probability of that actually happening is pretty low. And the technology is, yeah. you know, has gone leaps and bounds and improved. And it's certainly something to be moving towards. Um, yeah. But they're against that too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So they, they, yeah, definitely placating and, you know, political theater it's just not, to garner, it, garner votes. It's not, That's what it's, it's all not about. actually to benefit you. Nope. Everybody, Go to the grocery store. Try <laughs> to get food for your family. Yep. Um, you know, it's sad. We have a we have a face group, a Facebook group called uh, Everything Frederick. I think is the name of it. And I have seen more people in the last two months post on there. Uh, now, I don't know if I'm for it or against it, but they allow them to post anonymously, mm-hmm. which. Sometimes I think is okay, but sometimes I'm like, you know, if you're gonna come on the, if you're gonna come on social media and bitch about something, at least have the balls to put your face out there, like I always do. Like Megan gets mad at me all the time because somebody will put some stupid shit on there and I'll just make some smart ass comment, and she's she like, <laughs> I hate it when you do that. I'm That's like, why people want to post anonymously so they don't have to deal with that. Yeah, but when they post anonymously, I, I don't care. I still answer. I still, I'm still like, oh, post number seven hundred sixty-two of the same dumb, stupid ass question that you just asked. <laughs> um, and uh, but, you know, in some cases, you know, like like the ones I've seen over the last month or two uh, and it's sad is I don't have enough money to buy groceries for my family. Can somebody help? Mm-hmm. You know, and I've seen there's a huge uptick in those over the last two months. I, well, I get nervous about that. I, I think, do, too. I think but more, more often than not, that's a scam. Um, I agree. But or, but, or, but it's been such an increase over yeah. the last two months because you always see them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Somebody. Um, but it, it's just, it, it, and it's been so much that it's been no, the, noticeable, but, to but me they can do it because it's certainly believable. If any, yeah. if nothing yeah. else, yeah. uh, it's certainly believable and, and yeah, but the state of the economy and what we emphasize as a culture, we do not socially actually support people and we don't, um, emphasize community engagement and mm-hmm. support. Uh, as much. And I mean, I guess social media is a way you can do that. And if these are legitimate cases, but I honestly feel like a lot of these things would be handled, would be able to be handled in your close knit groups rather than trying to cast a net over the entire County or something. Um, It just, it, it, yeah. Well, uh, and some of it has to do with, you know, and we don't, again, we don't know who's asking because they always, post these things anonymously and then you know they'll dm you if you say you can help mm-hmm. um and that's fine i mean if that's what you want to do um but there are community resources available that are not widely publicized 
Uh, there are churches and other things that have. But there's not a friend or family member right. that, that I would not be willing to, <clears throat> to ensure that they are right. housed, fed, right. taken care of, basic needs, not a problem. Right. Like, and and it, it calls into question how these people, if they're legitimate, how they're actually spending their money, or are they just, I know there's so many brazen people out yeah. there now that are just willing to be like, hey, I, you know, I just got my nails done today, but now I can't feed my kid. Right. Or something. It's yeah, like, I spent 150 bucks on my nails. Yeah. But we had to take the family out to the movies last night. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you know, we, I can't get groceries this week. Right. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's why I, I, I generally don't like if I hear it from a reputable source that there's a family. Uh, you know, we have a, a a woman who lives here just outside of our neighborhood who's very big on community, mm -hmm. particularly around the holidays. But she's done other things for other families. And, uh, you know, if she if she sends out a message asking for things for a specific family for a specific reason, I know she's vetted them. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I know that they're, you know, uh, she learned her lesson on that a couple of years ago, I think, with a family that was you know, kind of game in the system a little bit. Um, and, and so she does a little bit better of a vetting, but she's been very successful in, in, you know, targeting and, you know, assisting families that are truly in need um, and getting stuff to them. And the community has supported her yeah. extensively when she, when she asked. Um, so if it comes from her, no problem. We, we don't even think twice about it. Um, but these anonymous ones, yeah. I'm, but I think a lot of these problems could be solved generally by better economic policy not absolutely spending across the board sending yeah. money to ukraine yeah we can't afford to help people when there is a disaster in hawaii or whatnot yeah. but we can send all this money across uh, outside of our borders <coughs> we fund all this illegal immigration yeah. that are that is overwhelming our country oh uh, that's only been a few that's only been a few billion dollars yeah yeah i mean whatever yeah you know, no big deal yeah all right ladies and gentlemen well we have talked your ear off tonight been almost an hour, Jimmy. Yeah, it's been a bit. Gone quick yeah. though. <laughs> um, and uh, come on, you got you got anything? Small? No? Not a, no cackle? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Kamala's going to be on our show uh, all the time now. Um, I got. I guess I got to change it to Chris, Jimmy, and Kamala. Uh, Kamala. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. Is it Kamala or Kamala? Uh, it's Kamala. It's Kamala. Kamala. It's Kamala. I think I, I explained the story why I remember that um, because I need to, we need to insert the clip here, but cause I love the, the saying from Joe versus the volcano. There, nobody knows this movie It's probably me and three other people. I've actually seen it. Yeah. But if you, if you know the movie, it's one of the uh, Island um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're about to have this ceremony and somebody's done up in their island tribal garb and he and he's got this big mask um <laughs> big mask on and he comes out of this hole or something and says come along and, and it just reminds me of her every time i think about it come along now i'm gonna have to go back and watch i know it. we need to insert clips so i'm not i'm not so crazy come on. yeah i'll show it to you i like it um but uh, yeah, so uh, we appreciate uh, you guys listening, and uh, we will be back on Tuesday with a little trash talking Tuesday, um, and we'll see you then. <laughs>